Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the premiere debut edition of the Rest Stop. I'm Brad Restituto. I'm your captain, and thank you for coming along for the ride. We will be with you live from twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football every Tuesday and Thursday, 9 to 10 o'clock Pacific time. And we will bring you sports, pop culture, entertainment, a little bit of politics, a little bit of laughs, and a little bit of fun. So I'll be driving the ship. You can follow me on Twitter at Brad the Believer and on Instagram at Brad the Believer. And also joining me, my esteemed producer and my sidekick here with me at the rest stop, Spencer the Wiz, is with me here. And you can follow him on Twitter at Spencer the Wiz. So we're going to have a lot of fun on this podcast. We're going to talk some sports. We're going to have a little bit of fun and do some segments that will come at you in a little bit. One of them will be taking it to the streets, which we'll come up with here in about three minutes. And then a little bit later, we're going to do a little game called Last Chance, No Chance, where we're going to talk about figures in sports and pop culture and see what's going on with them lately in the news and see if they have a chance of getting their job backs or they have no chance. But I want to start off tonight with a little bit of a controversial topic it's been in the news and sports and media all across the landscape. Uh, the recent and tragic shooting in Wisconsin of 29-year-old Jacob Blake shot seven times in the back by police officers. And, of course, the outrage and the uh, just frustration amongst uh, the American people and across the people in the globe and the black community is very high and, and very well warranted when you see a video Uh, of a young black man shot seven times in the back and his children in the car allegedly is just uh, unacceptable in every way to witness that and to have that incident occur. But I I, I want to make it very clear, especially, and I know this is uh, a little unique coming from a white male's perspective, but in general, 
a black man in this society, any man or woman in America, any interaction you have with police, the number one rule when you're on their turf in the streets is to comply with orders. And 98% of the time, you will be able to live to see another day and not have to be in a situation like George Floyd, like Jacob Blake was in. All you have to do is comply with police. And Blake in the video was running away from the police or walking away and, and going into his car when he was shot seven times in the back. I'll never be okay with that. I'll never be okay with police abusing their power. But also you have to remember and be rational on the flip side and the fact that anytime you're in police domain, which is on the streets and you're being asked questions, whether right or wrong, or you're being asked to do an order, the most important thing to walk away from that situation in one piece and to be in your best position to fight another day is to comply with orders. In a lot of these situations, we see people resisting arrest, not complying with police orders, and they end up in situations that are disadvantageous and a lot of times fatal, especially in the landscape this day and age of police, of civil unrest and politics. It's such a touchy time. You, No matter if you're white, black, male, or female, if you're in a situation in the streets and, and you're having an interaction with police officer, the best thing to do is comply, yes sir, no sir, until you have your day in court, if it's something to that extent. Spence, I mean, I know this is a situation none of us like to see. It's completely tragic and everybody has the right to be upset but I'm just trying to balance out the conversation and not taking sides, but just the basic aspect of when you're dealing with cops, the most important thing to do in order to get through that situation, especially when you have kids in the car, is comply with whatever the officer is asking you to do at that point in time. Yeah, no, no, without a doubt. Uh you have to, you do have to comply to an extent, but uh, we were talking about this before and I do want to give like be devil's advocate at at the very least. Uh, There have been situations where cops are using illegal chokeholds. We saw the man, I I forget his name, unfortunately, who was illegally selling cigarettes and ended up dying because he was choked to death from an illegal chokehold. So there is the worry for anyone that if you comply, you never know what happens on the ground you don't know like if they're prejudiced against you and they could accidentally choke you out and kill you, you know? So that is the counter counter argument to that. But um, even beyond that, I'll tell you, since I was in the military, I got base, you know, I went to basic training, obviously I got training on this thing. And from an analytical point of view, I will say this. So I guess it's a bit of a unique um, point of view. Not a lot of people can say that they have this point of view is that the officers handled this extremely poorly, the situation, uh, yes, I'm sure they were verbally with him. You can't really hear the audio, at least from the video that I saw. So I'm sure they're telling him to get on the ground. But the thing is, they allowed him, I think there were four officers around, they allowed him to walk around the hood of the car while being so close to him in like grabbing distance. And that's at that point, you know, that's what I've been taught. If someone's not complying, you got to grab them and put them to the ground because you don't know what's on them. They could have weapons like in their clothing or whatever. And especially if he's going to go into his car, um, and even when he opened his door, your first reaction should never be to shoot. That's uh, that to me made no sense. I mean, it, it just calls upon this extremely poor training between them. Grab him with your hands. I mean, he can't do much otherwise. You outnumber him four to one. I mean, he's he's not some sort of like crazy gunslinger. It's not like he had distance on you. You're within grabbing distance, like I said. So, I mean, there's so much to unpack about this, but 
do I, the ultimate outcome should have never been to shoot him seven times in the back. It, it, should, it should have never escalated to that point or situation. They didn't even try to use non-lethal force to begin with. And that I don't understand because I don't think the call to begin with was some sort of like, hey, this guy's armed and dangerous to my knowledge. Yeah, if you're just joining us, that's Spencer the Wiz. I'm Brad Restituto, and thank you for joining us on our debut episode one of The Rest Stop. It'll be coming at you every Tuesday and Thursday live, 9 to 10 o'clock Pacific time. And we just got done talking about uh, Jacob Blake, the unfortunate incident in Wisconsin where he was shot in the back seven times by cops. And, of course, that's a big talking point in the sports world right now. The uh, Toronto Raptors even came out and said that they were considering boycotting game one of the next round of the playoffs against the Boston Celtics. Spencer, I know you saw some of this uh, comment. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's a lot of talk. I don't think uh, any teams or players are going to be in a position to really make that standing, although it would be quite the statement to make. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to follow through with it. It's a, it's a very powerful statement without a doubt, obviously. And my philosophy for any sort of um, protest is that the only effective ones when they, are when they deal with money. So uh, the idea of not playing a playoff game obviously brings a lot of money. And even thinking back um, historically with Rosa Parks, the thing that made her, her boycott ultimately so powerful was because the African community, the African American community, stopped taking that bus, which ultimately affected the bottom line by a lot. Because at that time, a lot of African Americans, you know, were being discriminated against, couldn't buy cars or couldn't afford to because they just weren't in a position to make money. Uh, and that ultimately is what made the change. So. I'm actually behind this boycott if they feel like this is necessary. Again, I may not necessarily care about the cause, but if they want to make an impact because putting a name on the back of your jersey surprisingly doesn't change anything, uh, if they really want to <laughs> no. do something, you know, obviously they won't play the game. Then look, Spence, I agree with you. I think if they had the balls to make this big of a decision and actually follow through with it, it'd be one of the biggest statements we've seen in the history of sports. Because I can't remember the last time uh, in a playoff situation or any big time situation, a professional sport boycotted because of a civil situation. Now, if you can think of something in recent history, please refresh my memory. But I don't think that's been the case, at least in my lifetime. So this would be one of the biggest statements we've ever seen, if that were the case. And I would stand by that statement. I just feel like it's a lot of talk right now until somebody actually does it. That's all it is for me is talk. It depends on the player, and I, I'm sure there's a whole lot that more that goes into the decision. That well, we can't would just like, be a player, think. can it? I mean, it's not going to be one yeah. player. If it, someone's going to make the stand, the team's got to make the stand. Am I right? Yeah, but then you also think about that. I'm talking about legally. Like, you got to talk about the Players Association and stuff like that. Right. There's got to be something in there about not playing games. I would imagine. <laughs> I, it can't be as simple as, hey, we're not playing. We'll, we'll see you next week or whatever. So That's exactly I why I think it's a lot of talk. But look, we're, we're, we're going to do some fun stuff here on the rest stop, Spence. And to show off one of our first little segments uh, of our premier edition of the rest stop, we went live to the streets of Las Vegas to talk to some of the people here in this beautiful city of lights about what's going on here in the NBA bubble. Glad to believe you're here live on Fremont Street Experience. I got Big Rob here. It's the rest stop. Glad to believe you're here with Tasha. We're down here live at the Fremont Experience in Las Vegas. The rest stop. Glad to believe you're here down in the famous Fremont Street, Las Vegas, downtown. 
and I'm here with Zach. What's your name, my man? Steve Cater with a K. Steve Cater is in the house. This is the rest stop. We're down here on Las Vegas, Fremont Street. I got Jeff with me here. Yeah, During this whole lockdown, we've been without sports. You've been missing sports? Yes. Absolutely. It's killing me, man. It's killing me. Are you familiar with the NBA bubble? I mean, yes, yes okay. I am, yeah. Did you know that they have a snitch line where the players and coaches, they can call an 800 number, and if somebody, a player or coach, is breaking protocol or not wearing their mask, they can call and get ratted out. I heard something like that. I didn't know it was with the NBA. I thought it was, like, with professionals. It's crazy. Yeah. So I want to ask you some questions, and it's kind of going to be, like, rapid fire. Okay. I'm going to give you, like, 20 seconds to answer five questions. First thing that comes to your mind, you answer. Something you've done in quarantine where you said, I hope nobody saw that. Smoking, I guess. Oh man, taking the mask off in a store in a crowded area. A virtual comedy show. Strip club. Something you did as a kid, you would never want your kid to do. Run on a Oh man, skip school. Stole out of my mother's purse. Crash a motorcycle. If you had to give up one thing you loved to end the coronavirus, what would it be? I don't know, freedom. Uh, drinking. One of my family members, I'll tell you later. Um, drinking. Name two of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not have a boring podcast. And thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. What's the capital of Nevada? Uh, <laughs> damn, Las Vegas. There he goes, Rob. Spence, we kind of had an over-under on what the guesses would be of the capital of Nevada. And as we saw in that video, Big Rob with his gold chain, he said Las Vegas. So there were some some buzzers there for uh, some of our people in the streets knowing the capital of the beautiful state of Nevada. Yeah, I bet you a ton of people from Nevada don't know that Carson City is the capital <laughs> of Nevada. Those were tourists. Yeah, there was a few, a few tourists, but a few people from California. So, look, we're going to do some stuff like that. That was our first edition of Taking It to the Streets. Uh, and, and, you know, Spencer cut up uh, some good video. I know uh, I got some feedback. The video was a little blurry. We'll try to get it straightened up for the next time. But uh, we're going to take it to the streets every now and then and see what the uh, the beautiful tourists and locals here of Las Vegas uh, have to say about the current events going on. And the Fremont is always the, uh, the best COVID-19. place to go for that. <laughs> What's that? I said Fremont's always the best place to go for the there was some characters. Did you see Big Rob with that chain, Spence? I, when I saw best. him, I, I said we had to get him. Now, my mom was pretty ticked off at me because she said I wasn't wearing my mask right. Well, maybe my mask wasn't completely right, but Big Rob didn't have a mask on at all. <laughs> no, he did not. A lot of people actually did not. No one was enforcing it. So in case anyone's wondering what's going on on Fremont Street, Nobody cares. Although they did care about my tripod for filming. That was very important to the uh, the security officers. So that yeah, way the security officers that. came up to you, Spence, and said you could not have your tripod. Yeah, mask. And there was like six of them that came up to you. Luckily, yeah. they didn't tase you or anything <laughs> yeah. for having your tripod. But yeah. they weren't enforcing Big Rob with his non-mask. 
Right. So I guess all of our priorities. And we had to bleep out some of his answers, Spence. Big Rob clearly had a yes. problem uh, <laughs> flicking his tomato can that we had to bleep out there. One track state of mind. One, one track, track mind on his answers there. Yes. And his buddy was standing right next to him. So <laughs> Rob would fun. advise his kids that part of the commandments <laughs> is no tossing off. That's, that's the. That's, technically, it's true. <laughs> Technically, Commit, it's committing true. murder, I guess, if you want to take it that route. <laughs> so, yeah, there were some people that got their drink on. We weren't quite at night. This was in the eve of, of the nighttime, like around five o'clock. So still light out, but still it was on the on the edge of having the freaks coming out down in beautiful Fremont Street, Las Vegas. Very busy. <laughs> That's Spencer the Wiz. Follow him on Twitter at Spencer the Wiz. I'm Brad Restituto. This is The Rest Stop. We will be with you live every Tuesday and Thursday, 9 to 10 o'clock. And if you want to check out, make sure you go to twitch.tv slash Football, And you can check out all the podcasts and podcast forms, Apple, Spotify. If you go to Chris Landry Conference Call and chrislandry.com to check out all of our great content and podcasts. Spence, the NBA playoffs in full effect, the first round, we've had a few sweeps. And then tonight, uh, the, the Los Angeles Clippers kind of took control of this series as they blew the doors off the Dallas Mavericks. They scored 154 points. Kawhi Leonard, I believe, finished with 32. Paul George, 35 and getting out of his slump a little bit as the Clippers really took it to the Dallas Mavericks without Kristaps Porzingis after a huge win in game four the other night game five the Clippers come out I thought it was a really big loss having Porzingis out for a second straight game if they're going to win this series and tie this up at three they're going to need Porzingis at full strength for game six it's the story of Porzingis's career isn't it he seems to be productive every time he's on the floor but it means nothing if he can't play uh, again it's these lingering injuries and if I, I almost beckon back to the days of Dwight Howard on the Lakers, where it's kind of these injuries. You're like, I think you could play through that if, you know, depending on who the player was. So it's I think it's frustrating, although it hasn't been voiced yet. I think it's because there's no expectations for the Dallas Mavericks this year. They should never be in this position they are now. It's really, uh, it looks worse on the Clippers than it does look better on Dallas to be in this position because, I, the Clippers roster top to bottom just outclasses them in every way. And a lot of that comes from the greatness of Luka Doncic and kind of his big uh, coming out playoff moment. But if this were to go to a game seven, that would be so bad for the Clippers who had to fight just in the first round. And it looks like the Lakers are going to be, bre- you know, blowing through the the first round after a shaky first game. But that's coming off the momentum of like <laughs> the biggest playoff run ever, but not to get too much off topic. But still, uh, Porzingis has to play or it's just going to be another blowout. Yeah, they, they need Porzingis. And look, Spence, before game six or before game five tonight, you talked about Luca's playoff coming out party. He hit the game winner, step back three in game four, down one at the buzzer. And it was just pandemonium on Twitter and the NBA buzz. Luka Doncic almost overnight has become the most talked about athlete in sports. And my question on Twitter was how long before Luca? is the most iconic sports figure in all of sports. Is that on the precipice? I think it's it's got a potential. It's got legs. 
he he's definitely very charismatic, but his marketing campaign in reality has not started yet. Signed that big deal with Jordan, so that could be the inkling of what it, it could be. You know, being alongside Jordan Brand obviously is pretty big, especially if Michael Jordan's willing to kind of give him that chance. Although we know again, I think Jordan's ego might be too big to let that happen. I think he's gonna want to put him below his legacy always uh, not to say that Luca will be better than Jordan, but still you got to get what I mean. Uh, Kobe, you know, was kind of that next guy who came up in the limelight and is now this national figure. Luca definitely isn't there yet. His play is there on the court, but outside the court, I still question whether or not he can be that. Well, it's yet to be determined. I'll tell you this on the court. He's let's talk about him being the, the star, the great white hope. We have not seen a white boy uh, be the face of the NBA since Larry Bird, and that wasn't long-lived when Magic Johnson came around. This is something very interesting in this day and age, 2020 in basketball, to have a guy like Luka, a white guy at that, be as skilled and talented as he is and pretty much uh, taking the NBA by storm. And does this just give confidence to more white players, European or not, coming up and the confidence to come into the league and make an impact. I was talking to you about a guy uh, that's coming out of high school, seven foot one. His name's Chet Holmgren, the top three player. And I know you looked at a little bit of his video and you're not sold completely yet. Uh, but look, this guy's got handles. He can shoot. Um, we'll see how his body fills out. But he's somebody that uh, is going to be one and done as far as I'm concerned. He, well, I, I'm not even, I'm not ready to say that yet. Clearly he's very talented for the size that he, I think he's like seven foot. It's, it's unnatural. Like you look at him, it is physically unnatural to watch him play basketball, but still to have the handles that he does at his age, the touch that he does. And you can't say anything about his defense yet. He's playing with a bunch of kids who are significantly right. shorter than him. So the blocks and anything don't mean anything to me. I also have to see how he develops with good teammates. He's playing at a no name high school as most of them do outside of like you know, LaMelo or the ball family, I should say, who's very uh, savvy when it comes to marketing. They know what teams to place them on. I think, I think LaMelo played with Kenyon Martin's son and stuff like that. So uh, this, this is a very significantly different thing, but in terms of giving confidence, I don't know exactly because Luca is European. He isn't like American uh, Caucasian. And I do think there is some sort of difference there. Although Luca's English is extremely developed, which gives him an advantage over someone like Giannis, who obviously speaks English. I'm not saying that, but uh, in terms of conversationally, in terms of promotion, uh, Luca is much more advanced, but I, I don't know. Ne- I don't necessarily see that. Cause you can even say that about Dirk. Like he could have represented that for a lot of people, but again, he was from, from Germany. So he kind of represented a European side more than a Caucasian side, I would say. Well, it's going to be something to, to monitor. Uh, Luka Doncic is, is definitely a special player. And no, I don't think a lot of people thought that Dallas would be as competitive as they've been up to this point in the series. So we'll see if they get Porzingis back for game six. They're going to need him. Or like you said, it's going to be another blowout, another game. Uh, and, and you can get this ready, Spence. The Denver Nuggets stave off elimination and they get a 117-107 victory against Utah Jazz this afternoon. And you'll see it right here, Jamal Murray in the third quarter with an outstanding play. And I believe Murray finished with 42 points, Spence. And he was, I believe, uh, he shot over 60% from the field, uh, over 30 points for uh, Nikola Jokic. And Denver stays alive in this series where it looked like for a moment that Utah 
kind of had a stranglehold on the series. Donovan Mitchell had 30 again today, and he's been outstanding. But uh, Denver, they have a great fourth quarter. They come back, they get the victory, and they force a game six in this Western Conference series, Utah and Denver. Yeah, this has been certainly the most surprising series to me. Utah was certainly one of the worst teams in the bubble, you know, along with like Memphis to even say that. So I had definitely thought that uh, Denver would be the person. Someone said that the Tominator is listening. I don't know. The the Tominator is in the house. Uh, (laughs) The Tominator is in the house, everybody. Yeah. So look out, get you, get your wife and children under a desk. The Tominator is coming through, baby. So yeah, I, I definitely thought that the uh, the series advantage would go to Denver. People were saying they were dark horse uh, finals contenders. I never bought that. The thing is, and I'll say this again: I'm you know, Jokic lost twenty pounds over the break, which is great for his health wise. I would love to lose twenty pounds over like two months or whatever. But the thing is, I need to lose twenty he, pounds in ten days. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah, the thing is, is like that's great for him and and you know all that for his future career, but that takes a lot of your your game changes. And yes, he's been playing well offensively, without a doubt. I mean, he's you don't lose your offensive talent by losing weight, but the thing is, defensively is where it it starts to just really fall apart. And I'll pull up some stats just really quickly. Of course, um, these are these are advanced stats, and I'll try to explain them a little bit, but they're they're really important to me. Uh, so even if you exclude the playoff games, he hasn't had a, a game score above 30. And what a game score is, it's this holistic view of your game. It puts a value to three-point shots, to two-point shots, to rebounding, to offensive rebounding. They're all separated. So uh, I'll just give you a quick rundown. So 40 points is in a really good game. 10 points is a really bad game. All right, Spence, we lost you there. You got disconnected. So hopefully you'll be back here in a minute. Spence was about to give his analytic breakdown of uh of Denver and Utah as Denver forced the game 6 today getting the victory 117-107 over the Utah Jazz and uh before, while we're waiting on Spence to come back um the Lakers last night they put a stranglehold on their series against the Portland Trailblazers um and they got a blowout victory. There you are, Spence. We lost you there for a yeah. second. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but uh, do I have a second to go back into what I was talking yes, about? Yes, please, um, please. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, like I said, three-pointers are worth more than two-pointers. It's pretty obvious. Steals, uh, offense rebounds are worth more than defensive rebounds. So, I won't go into the formula. It's very complicated. But I saw a really great article uh, where people break down and they, like, take out certain points of the equation to make it make sense. So, in any case, like I said, 40 is really good. 10 is really bad. He hasn't scored above 30 once yet in a game score. He, he's averaging 16 and a half. He also has a defensive rating around 140. You want to be that you want that number to be as close as zero to possible. He was in the top 10 percentile of defensive uh, rating, which is not very good on the on the bad side of it. The Nuggets are also allowing the second most points in the paint, along with the, the most second points chance in the bubble, which is really, really bad. And that has to fall on some level on your center, I would say. Yeah, oh, look, Chris, uh, what's up, man? Our, our man <laughs> C-Win wants to check in and, and say the Knights should wave Robin Leonard. I haven't seen the final C-Win, but I know the Knights were down 4-1 to one, 
uh, earlier in this matchup. So, of course, the controversy with the Golden Knights and the goaltending position over the last 72 hours or so. The agent of Mark andre Fleury came out with a tweet uh, of a sword in his back and maybe referencing to the fact that Leonard's kind of taken over the starting goalie position for the Golden Knights here in their playoff run. The Knights had a convincing uh, 5-0 shutout win over the Canucks the other night, and they come back tonight, and the Canucks are having their way with the Golden Knights. I haven't seen the latest score. Last I saw was 4-1. to So C. Wynn checks in and says Robert Leonard should be waived. C. Wynn, I want to ask you, since you're listening, we were going to talk about this, okay? The Republican National Convention kicked off last night, and the great Herschel Walker of Dallas Cowboy lore spoke on behalf of your guy, your man, the great orange one, the Donald, and said he's a friend of the Donald and he's a great man, not a racist. So, I mean, we got to go with what Herschel says. The Donald's not a racist. The National Convention of the Republicans is kicked off and we're ready to roll. From what I saw on Twitter, it looked like the whole Trump clan was ready to speak tonight. So I know you're fired up about that C-Win, okay? I've got to be honest. I don't have a side in politics. I don't give a rat's ass if Joe Biden, Sleepy Joe, Orange Trump, I don't care who wins this thing because nothing's going to change, okay, C-Win? Your gas prices are still going to be $2.80 a gallon, okay? That's going to be a fact. There's going to be a lot of facts that aren't going to change too much regardless of what dummy is headboarding this, what we call White House Chief of Command, okay? So that's just how I see it coming down, okay? I saw Joe Biden and Kamala Harris talk on ABC the other night, and they took a bunch of softball questions, okay? Uh, And Joe Biden, he's lucky he could stay awake through the whole conversation. The guy looks like the damn Crypt Keeper, all right? So that's what we got looking forward to the next president, C-Win. Okay, Spence. I got I got nothing to talk about on the, <laughs> on the circus. Uh, C Win said Herschel's out of his mind. I actually <laughs> met Herschel Walker at the airport uh, a couple months ago. He was flying in for something. Uh, you know, definitely oh, a nice. We gotta guy. get him on. You think he'd come on? Uh, maybe, maybe we can, uh, that we would can, be a great, that that'd be great. Uh, what are you going to grill him with a bunch of Trump questions? No, no, what? no. We'll just ask him his honest opinion. I don't want to embarrass any honest of our guests. People can talk about sports? whatever one. It's a mixture. We, 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 you can talk about both. I mean, it's the perfect opportunity to just, I don't know a lot it. about politics. I've got to go to see when to get my politic information, but I know he, he, he doesn't like Trump too much. And I know his buddy Shapiro on the Vegas state doesn't. My my mom will chime in frequently and tell me about her listening to the Vegas take and, and her opinions about it. So that's how I get my news on the Vegas take, see when, and those guys, that's where I get my political information from. Spencer is the Vegas we're, take here in Las Vegas, adults. giving a shameless plug here to another show. But <laughs> hey. how else do I get my political information? I, I don't really care. I don't think anything's going to change no matter who's elected. All I know is if that Trump's elected again, that all of these people uh, that hate Trump are going to lose their minds and they're going to start rioting if Trump's elected again. That's all I know. <laughs> C-Win says no Trumpy for C-Win. We knew that already, though. Spence, you got nothing. 
Oh, you want me to talk about politics? You're, you're. Uh, well, I, I, you're I mean, did you hear any of what Herschel Walker said? Uh, C. Wynn says he's out of his mind. Well, I'm, that's what I was going to say. I, I heard that. I heard he have him on and have an speech. honest discussion. I'm sure he'd be open and honest with us. <laughs> moving to Toronto, not a bad spot. My friend was from there. Maybe he'll let me stay with him. <laughs> I, I heard that, that Herschel Walker was great. And then and then C. Wynn says uh, Herschel's out of his mind. Uh, look, all I know is Herschel competed in MMA at almost 50 years old and held his own. So that's pretty damn impressive to me. I'd like, I can wouldn't talk that about be, that. C. Wynn, wouldn't that be interesting seeing Trumpy in the octagon against Joe Biden? That would be pretty <laughs> For funny. For the presidential spot. And, and can we dress them up like in outfits that we want? I don't know if I'd want to see Trump and Biden in like the UFC biker shorts, but maybe we could put them in like um, like like pull away. You know how they have the pull away mm-hmm. NBA pants? Pull away tuxedos. <laughs> where, 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 uh, well, they got to be flexible. Bi- you can't rip the suits. Well, I'm Biden thinking... can be like the Hulkster and take his tuxedo and, and rip it off. And then Biden can like start doing the, the bicep pose. And then Trumpy, <laughs> Trumpy could come in like Vince McMahon and give like a Pearl Harbor double axe handle to the back of Joe Biden. And then there'd be a standing eight count. That'd be pretty damn funny. Or they can do the, you know how they have the T-Rex kind of costume that everyone goes around with? Maybe you can have one like an elephant and like a donkey and it'll be like the political party type of thing. And they can kind of, you know, rough it out through that. I think that'd be pretty cool. (laughs) Well, I mean, okay. Let's transition a little bit off of a celebrity death match of Joe Biden (laughs) and Donald Trump. But we were talking a little NBA playoffs and – Let's go to yesterday's game as I really thought the Portland Trailblazers, Spence, I, I thought they were going to have a really good, a really good opportunity uh, to, to take control of this series. I thought they were the better team, and I was completely wrong. Because after game one, uh, the, the Lakers really found their shot. Anthony Davis took over. Uh, LeBron took over. And they have a really strong stranglehold, three to one in the series blowing out Portland the last two games. And we just found out here in the last few hours that Damian Lillard uh, will miss game six or is it game five, game five, correct? Game five. It's game five. He'll miss game five with a right knee injury. And that, that really spells doom uh, for Portland. No Lillard. I don't know that they're going to be able to win this game. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, that'd be crazy. It would be like a trap, like a perfect trap bet, I guess, if they're uh, the NBA is trying to make a few extra bucks on the tin hat side. But no, in reality, they have no chance. And uh, to to the idea that the Trailblazers were a better team than the Lakers, not really. It's just it was an awkward matchup, without a doubt. Um, you know, having that guard position that the Lakers really just don't have without Rondo, and also uh, Avery Bradley is gone as well. They're top two defenders at that position, so it was more of an awkward matchup. But at the end of the day, you know, having LeBron James and Anthony Davis is better than having Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, and I think we've seen that. Also, the Trailblazers are just terrible on defense, so that has also shown through. Uh, I, I've got to go to C Win's uh, uh, board here. Uh, I'm sorry to switch up. C Win, you have. Trump versus Biden in the octagon. Probably Biden plus 175. I mean, damn, see, when you must have a lot of faith in Joe Biden. The guy is so decrepit looking. And the 6'4, 250 pound Donald Trump, who is in his peak, it seems like he plays golf a couple times a month. He's still in great shape. I think he'd have his way with Biden. How would Biden possibly 
have a chance to win. This is like McGregor Mayweather numbers you're getting. I was just saying, I was going to say that. So the odds would probably be similar to the the Conor McGregor Mayweather fight. Oh man, I mean, I would I would lay it all on the Trumpster there and 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 see when if the Trumpster had a convincing victory in the octagon and he maybe put Biden to sleep, would you hate him a little less at that point if he showed you some athletic prowess? Uh, if uh, if he could get in and mix it up and take out. Uh, Sleepy Joe. I don't know. Well, yes. Yeah, so back back to, to basketball as, as we're a little <laughs> over the political board there. Yeah, big loss for Portland losing uh, Zach Collins and, and Damian Lillard. They're pretty much – the door is shut on their series without Lillard. And, look, they, they pretty much have been playing playoff basketball since the minute they walked into the restart bubble in Orlando. And they, every game has been a playoff game. And they've been very competitive, but it looks like uh, the expiration date has seen its final day. And that's going to be probably tomorrow night without Lillard Spence. Yeah. And I'm just glad I didn't have to watch the Grizzlies go through a horrible four to five game series as a Grizzlies fan. I'm glad I didn't have to witness it uh, four times. Well, look, I I, I like what Memphis showed um, in the, playing game against Portland. They got a bright future with with John Moran. He's so damn explosive. One of the most explosive guys in the entire NBA. And Valanciunas, he's a guy that's a really solid force in the middle. I know you're not a big Dylan Brooks guy, but if they can add a couple pieces, a couple shooters and, and long defenders, they've got a chance to to stay in that playoff conversation in the West. Yeah, if we're going to talk about the Grizzlies for a second, I, I can break it down. There's no money tied up to, to basically anyone in two years. So the Chris Wallace regime that tormented the our city for I don't my entire life basically is finally coming to an end. The last contracts of that will be Dylan Brooks. It'll be Kyle Anderson um, and everyone else on the bench comes from like trades and stuff like that. The core is good. Uh, I love Grayson Allen. We got that in the Mike Conley trade. Jonas Valanciunas obviously is like a 20 and 10, if not 30 and 20 guy, like on any given night, which is insane. John Morant had it up, has his ups and downs, but he, again, he's a rookie. Like what can you really expect? He's, you know, you're never going to get a Luka Doncic type of player and every draft is impossible. Jaron Jackson obviously was playing amazing and toward towards meniscus. They're going to have to get rid of Dylan Brooks at some point. It's just, that's just going to have to be that way. They have to find a small forward. That's desperate. That's a desperate need. I was thinking Brandon Ingram, but he's a restricted free agent. They have to pay max money for any sort of talent is the thing. So <laughs> what did Chris one say? But yeah, uh, I'm obviously, um, it, it's a good spot. Grizzlies are, are going to draft Jordan, Jordan Nawara. Uh, is that who they're going to draft? In the, in the second round. They don't have a first round. Oh, you, pick, are, so. you are, you've already, you're playing GM. You know who they're going to draft. That's <laughs> yes. good. That's I've, good. If you're just joining I've us. Thank you all for, for joining us here on the premiere of the rest stop. We will come to you every Tuesday and Thursday live, 9 to 10 o'clock Pacific time. And we're going to have some fun on this rest stop podcast. And Spence, we're going to do a little thing that I like to call last chance or no chance. And we're going to talk about people in the sporting world, in the world of pop culture and entertainment that have done some dumb things. And if they have one more chance to get their job back, or they have a last chance. They're done. No chance. Hit it, Spence. Check it out. We're going to start it off with Earl Thomas Spence. Just released today. 
by the Baltimore Ravens, Earl Thomas, a former Pro Bowl safety for the Seattle Seahawks, uh, has had some off-the-field issues here this offseason in a domestic situation, and then some lateness to meetings here in Baltimore and an altercation with the teammates. Uh, Earl Thomas, uh, does he have a chance with another team? Look, he's very talented, uh, but in my opinion, if you can't make it work with the Baltimore Ravens organization, who pretty much is flawless and an experienced coach in John Harbaugh, if you can't make it there, it's going to really be tough for me to see if you can make it anywhere. If they're going to have a team decision and saying, Earl Thomas, no, he can't help us anymore. I think it's going to be tough for him to get another job this season, but talent does weigh out. And I'll say one more chance, Spence. I'll give Earl Thomas one more chance. I think he will find another job in the NFL. So give him one more chance, Spence. Oh, that's hit it. Oh, one oh, more oh, okay. Hold on. Come one on. second. One second. <laughs> Don't blow it. Okay. One more chance for Earl Thomas. Oh, I, I oh, get, get okay, okay. Here we go. On. No. Oh, we can't hold on. We're live. This is live. Oh, okay. 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 I, okay. Next time I, I'm, I'm Next on it time. <laughs> okay. So I you have no sound for Earl Thomas. I'm going to say he's got one more chance in the NFL, but look, uh, the guy has got to get it cleaned up. The next opportunity he does get with whatever team, he's got to, number one, produce on the field, and he can't be a distraction off the field. I, I think it's going to be an uphill climb, though. It's Like I said, if you can't fit in in Baltimore, uh, an organization that's pretty much flawless top to bottom, you're going to have a hard time sticking anywhere else. So, Spence, I'm going to give you one more chance here. Do we have one more chance for Earl Thomas? Just give me a chance. Just give me a chance. What about my uncle? Did you give him a chance? <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, one, okay, one we'll, move, we'll move on to Tom Brenneman. Yes. Former uh, announcer of the Cincinnati Reds, of course, was in controversy because he had a hot mic and statements that were, uh, I guess, you would, would you call them anti gender? Uh, or, yeah. Uh, anti LGBTQ. Yeah, so he uh, he wasn't very good uh, in his hot mic slippage there. And in the landscape this day and age with, with sports and everything, uh, you, you can't make slip-ups like that. So for Tom Brenneman and his comments, Spence, no chance, no chance that he gets another opportunity to broadcast a Major League Baseball. No chance. No chance. Uh, no chance yeah, I say for Tom Brenneman. He's done. I also agree on that front. The thing is, when you have a hot mic like that, it's not like you accidentally say that. He was saying this to whoever he was talking to in the booth, I'm assuming. Like, that's that's a part of his everyday vernacular, which makes it so much worse. You know, he can say he's going to go to, I don't know, training or something like that. Uh, yeah, it's a homophobic slur. That's, a, that's the correct term for that. Um, it's just not acceptable. And you know, that's who he is off mic. It's, it's, it's too late now. You can't go back off of that. All right. Our next guy, last chance or no chance, Darius Geis Spence, Darius Geis in the news again. Uh, some former students at LSU are coming out alleging Darius Geis of rape. He's former second round pick of the Washington Redskins recently released by the Redskins. He had a domestic dispute, 
uh, with somebody in his inner circle, his wife or girlfriend, and the Redskins immediately released them, especially after the, um, you know, the whole issue with the Redskins changing their name, now the Washington football team, uh, and then Darius Geis right in having that situation. Uh, I don't know, man. He's a young guy, and you would think one more chance. But, Spence, I'm going to go no chance. No chance for Darius Geis, especially with these newest allegations uh, of possible rape. No chance. Uh, I say there's definitely a chance. The football has had a slew of players who have had the exact same thing happen to them and nothing happens to it. So uh, let's we can even go through so many different sports. Let's talk about the Sacramento Kings coach, Luke Walton. He sexually assaulted someone. He's, he's still the coach of the Kings. You want to stick in football? Let's talk about the, the Giants kicker a few years back. Got caught multiple times with domestic violence. He was still the kicker for so many years until he stopped making field goals, of course. Uh, you want to talk about Adrian Peterson, beat his kid. He's still in the, in the NFL. If you're talented enough in the NFL, there's no consequences. The only exception to that would be Ray Rice. That was at the end of his career. He was already on his way out anyway, so there wasn't really a reason to hire him back for one season of mediocrity. Does the landscape this day and age of it really being a more sensitive society each and every moment than it was the day before, uh, is that going to play a factor on, uh, and especially at the running back position, a position that uh, is not what it used to be in the NFL. Uh, running backs are a dime a dozen. Darius Geis really also has injury issues. The guy doesn't see the field as it is. So I think all these things play a factor into, is he going to get another shot? I say no. Yeah, but who who's the uh, Browns running back? He, he was released from, I believe, the Chiefs for domestic, for beating that woman. I can't uh, think Kareem of his Hunt. Name. Kareem Hunt. He's another one of those guys who's, he's good, but so is Darius Geis, I guess, on the same level. And that's the point I'm trying to get at, that if you're, if you're decent enough at football and you, you turn enough eyes, it's so easy to find another job and just rebrand yourself saying, oh, I've changed, blah, 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 blah. Spence, you talked about the Grizzlies earlier in the NBA draft. Uh, and we, we've talked sports earlier. And speaking of draft and draft picks, we talked about Chet Holmgren. Uh, the kid from Minnesota that's got the potential to be a, a top pick when he comes out. But when will we see college sports again? That's the question. We uh, are have a, a big question mark in the landscape of college sports. It's hard to even talk about recruiting and guys that may be uh, players, especially in college basketball, because now you have the NBA that has designated the G League to have guys straight from high school be able to play in the G League, there's so many more options from the NBA level to have guys come in and play professionally right away without having college sports and really not knowing, kind of having a blueprint of when we may see college basketball, but not knowing for sure how is that going to affect some potential college basketball players that we're going to see uh, going from high school to play college? How is that going to affect the landscape of college hoops? Yeah, I mean, you got to talk about the logistical side first of college basketball if it happens. Now, you can say there's going to be a bubble, which is fine, but it's not like the NBA. First of all, they don't have a players union, so it's going to be much harder to make that arrangement possible. Second of all, they have class. They're in college. None of them go to class anyways, technically. Yes, you can say there's online learning, but just think about how much more difficult that is than the NBA 
I guess they don't play as many games, so maybe it's possible. But where where are you going to put all these kids? There's a lot more than 32. Like, there's 32 NBA teams. Um, you know, th- we're talking about hundreds of programs. And do you only play Division One? Is that fair to Division Two? It's it does make things a lot stickier. And also, you know, okay, I don't think there's going to be a college basketball season. I'll just say that. So what I'm thinking is going to happen is they're either going to come from high school and they'll do, you know, the whole kind of James Wiseman thing. I guess theoretically he would have played the season, but you, you kind of had that speculation. I think you're going to see a ton of guys that goes overseas because other countries have handled, handled this significantly better. And also with professional leagues over, you know, overseas, they're not in school, which also makes things much easier. Yeah. Look, uh, I don't know what, what's going to happen with college athletics. I mean, the SEC has put out scheduling. They expect to play games. But until we actually see college sports complete a season, it's still going to be a big question mark for me. And you you mentioned you don't think there's going to be a college basketball season. We've already missed, missed March Madness for the 2020 season. Are we going to miss March Madness for the 2021 season? That would be catastrophic for college sports as far as I'm concerned. And I don't really see a recovery plan on the brink. If that happens, it's going to be very tough. You're going to have to drop a lot of programs. A lot of programs have already been dropped. And for the dominoes continue to fall in college athletics and pretty much have to pray and hope that football and basketball get back to a sense of normalcy in players and fans participating to generate some of that revenue, it's just going to be a tough uphill battle to climb. You're already going to have a decline in admissions from college students, not being able to have the college experience. And that's going to be different based on your region and location because some places are allowing students on campus, some places aren't. So it's going to be kind of a regional thing, and it's going to be interesting to see how that shapes up. And it's really got to be a scary proposition for colleges because the more – that players have options, which they do in the NBA, in which we don't know what that's going to look like from a football perspective. Right now, they don't have a lot of options to play otherwise besides college. But The Rock and his group just bought the XFL. Can they be smart and utilize that as maybe uh, a fielding ground for young athletes trying to make it to the pros? It's possible. And why not put that competition out there? It, It could be detrimental for college sports, though. Oh gosh, that would be insane for football if a bunch of college kids went to the XFL. Obviously, The Rock would be pretty excited about that. But um, again, that's you have to have a bubble situation. I think that's proven now at this point to have a successful season. Baseball's falling apart at the seams. Like basically every week, at least one team a week is uh, testing positive. Um, and yeah, like you said, you know, basketball has just way more options and it's just significantly better. Football is just such one of those unique sports that isn't played around the world and basketball is growing so fast. And I'll say this, I, I did want to mention this from a college student perspective. I am in my last semester of college, but uh, all of this has proven how much we as students and athletes are just being used basically that like the whole structure of all this, which we are not profiting off at all. They're the ones making the billions of dollars like I think it makes them realize how much they depend on us. And it makes us realize how much they're using us, which is kind of sad that everything's falling apart because they can't make money off of us. Look, it's, it's going to be interesting to follow uh, Spence as we're wrapping things up here on our premier debut edition of the rest stop. Um, let, let's go into the college, not college. I'm sorry. The NBA playoffs. We talked a little bit earlier. It looks like the Lakers may close the deal on Portland tomorrow night. Uh, we mentioned earlier 
the possible protest of the Toronto Raptors game one against the Celtics. But that that's going to be an interesting series, Spence. Boston currently sits as a plus 130 underdog in that series. Arguably, Toronto's the team that's played the best representing the Eastern Conference in these playoffs. They look like they haven't missed a beat without Kawhi Leonard, uh, and they're playing excellent team basketball. Nick Nurse won Coach of the Year, and they are playing as well as anybody. How do you think that series matches up? I agree with the Vegas line. I give the slight edge to Toronto. Yes, it depends on the extent of Kyle Lowry's ankle injury, which he may be like on the court playing, but if it's something that's agitating him, I think that would, would be enough to kind of uh, tip the series. And I, I've said this before, like Tatum obviously is the key to the entire series mostly. And we've seen him have two for 18 games and it happened in the beginning of the bubble. Everyone's like, okay, who cares? The first game back, blah, blah, blah. Had another one of those games against Philly. And while that's fine against Philly who were with, you know, without Ben Simmons and also just a horribly constructed team, but that's not going to fly against Toronto as you know, we both know that's enough to, let's say he has that in a game seven. That's it. You can't go two for 18 in a game seven like that. So it'll be interesting to see if he lives up to the bill because, you know, Brad Stevens is a great coach, but nurses, you know, they have the most well-coached team in the league. They are well-prepared to beat anybody. Yeah, look, this, this is going to do it for our uh, debut edition of the rest stop. I want to thank my man, Spencer, the Wiz. I want to thank everybody that uh, listened and commented C win, uh, double C Cassandra Cousineau, Taryn, uh, Tominator, Audrey Hartz. I want to thank everybody for uh, listening to our debut episode. Uh, make sure you keep tuning in every Tuesday and Thursday live, 9 o'clock Pacific time. We're going to do some fun stuff like we did today. Last chance, no chance, taking it to the streets. We're also going to have some good interviews lined up throughout the duration of our podcast. So make sure you follow us on Twitter at Brad the Believer, at Spencer the Wiz, and on Facebook. And on Instagram, at Brad the Believer, we're going to post some clips from the show, from the podcast, and we're going to give you updates on some of the interviews we're going to have down the road. We're going to keep it fun. We're going to keep the conversation flowing where sports, entertainment, politics, where they all collide, and we're going to give you our take. We're going to entertain you the best that we can. So thank you for listening tonight. And that signs off from us on the rest stop. I'm Brad the Believer, Spencer the Wiz. We'll see you Thursday live at 9 o'clock. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at thirty thousand feet so sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus that's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus